1: And now Hebraic Roots teacher Eddie Chumney of Hebraic Heritage Ministries International.
0: Shalom. I'm Eddie Chumney of Hebraic Heritage Ministries, and we welcome you to today's teaching on the subject Hebraic Bible Prophecy. This is part six of the series. Antiochus IV decreed a new world order under Greek culture. First Maccabees chapter one verse ten. 1st Maccabees chapter 1 verses 41 and 42. And there came out of them a wicked root, Antiochus surnamed Epiphanes, son of Antiochus the king, who had been a hostage at Rome, and he reigned in the 137th year of the kingdom of the Greeks. Moreover, King Antiochus wrote to his whole kingdom that all should be one people. What's the goal of the new world order? is to have one world under the authority of the United Nations. And everyone should leave his laws, not follow Judaism, not follow Christianity, but you pledge your allegiance to the new world order. So all the heathen agreed according to the commandment of the king. Many people in the earth will submit to the new world order. Antiochus IV decreed the outlawing of following Torah. First Maccabees chapter 1, verses 44 and 45, verses 47 and 49, it is written, For the king had sent letters by messengers unto Jerusalem and the cities of Judea that they should follow the strange laws of the land. That is Greek culture, Greek ways. And he forbid burnt offerings and sacrifice and drink offerings in the temple and that they should profane the Sabbaths and festival days and sacrifice swine's flesh and unclean beasts, to the end that they may forget the law and change all the ordinances. Continuing on in First Maccabees chapter 1, verse 44 and verses 50 and 51, For the king sent letters by messengers under Jerusalem in the cities of Judah that they should follow the strange laws of the land, and whosoever would not do according to the commandment of the king, he should die. This is pretty similar to what we find in the book of Daniel, where Daniel stood against the decree that everyone worship the Babylonian system. In the selfsame manner wrote he to the whole kingdom and appointed overseers over all the people, commanding the cities of Judah to sacrifice city by city. Now, I just read to you from the book of 1 Maccabees, what is regarded as the evil decrees of Antiochus the who is a personification of the Antichrist in the end of days and let's look at these evil decrees of Antiochus the and see what they are number one the people should not follow Torah number two the people should not circumcise their children number three the people should not celebrate the Sabbath number four the people should not keep the festivals Number five, sacrifices should not be made in the temple. Number six, the people should be free to eat pig. Do you notice these evil decrees? Do you realize that that is the doctrine of New Testament Christianity and what they teach, Paul teaches and what the New Testament teaches? So these decrees of Antiochus, which is, and he's a personification of the false Messiah. Those are the exact beliefs of people who proclaim that Yeshua is the Messiah. They say we shouldn't follow Torah. We shouldn't circumcise our children. We shouldn't keep the Sabbath. We don't keep the festivals. We're not to no more have sacrifices in the temple and we can eat anything we want. We can eat pig. So we have doctrinally in Christianity today. The acceptance of this as what a Christian does in following Yeshua, the Messiah. How did this happen? Do you see? The seriousness of this. Anti Torah is the spirit of Antichrist. Second Thessalonians chapter two verses three and four. Let no man deceive you by any means, for that day shall not come except there come a falling away first, and that the man of sin be revealed the son of perdition, who opposes and exalts himself above that is called God or that is worshiped so that he, as God, sits in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. Historically, this is what Antiochus Epiphanes did. And every spirit that confesses not that Yeshua is the Messiah, is come in the flesh, is not of God. And this is the spirit of Antichrist, whereof you have heard that it should come, and even now already is in the world. The spirit of Antichrist, not following torah which is called the spirit of antichrist is already in the world you see when we talk about the antichrist the only thing that comes in our minds in traditional christianity is this bad person in the end of days we don't associate with the antichrist with one who charges people not to follow the torah but that's literally what it means one who is lawless one who says we don't follow torah And the truth of the matter is that spirit is in traditional Christianity because we paint it with Paul, it's accepted. Where historically it was proclaimed by Antiochus IV, and historically those decrees caused a rebellion. And so let's look at this once more because it's so significant. 1st Maccabees chapter 1 verse 41. Moreover, King Antiochus wrote to his whole kingdom that all should be one people that everyone should leave his laws to the end that they might forget the law and change all the ordinances. For the king had sent letters by messengers unto Jerusalem and cities of Judea that they should follow the strange laws of the land, that they should also leave their children uncircumcised. For the king had sent letters by messengers unto Jerusalem and the cities of Judea that they should follow the strange laws of the land and forbid that they should profane the Sabbath and festival days and that they would forbid burnt offerings and sacrifice and drink offerings in the temple, and they sacrificed swine's flesh and unclean beasts. The ancient Jews accepted this Greek Hellenism imposed upon them. 1 Maccabees 1, verses 10-12. through And there came out of them a wicked root Antiochus surnamed Epiphanes, son of Antiochus the king, who had been a hostage at Rome, and he reigned in the 137th year of the kingdom of the Greeks. In those days went there out of Israel wicked men who persuaded many, saying, Let us go and make a covenant with the heathen that are round about us. For since we departed from them, we have had much sorrow. So this device pleased them well. Then certain of the people were so forward herein that they went to the king who gave them license to do after the ordinances of the heathen, whereupon they built a place of exercise at Jerusalem according to the customs of the heathen. You know what that is? Sports. And made themselves uncircumcised and forsook the holy covenant and joined themselves to the heathen and were sold to do mischief. Moreover, King Antiochus wrote to the whole kingdom that all should be one people and every one should leave his laws... So all the heathen agreed according to the commandment of the king. Yea, many also of the Israelites consented to his religion and sacrificed and profaned the Sabbath. Let's look at the history of the term democracy. It comes from the Grecian Empire. The term democracy, or more precisely, the original ancient Greek version of the word, was coined in ancient Athens in the 5th century B.C., that state is generally seen as the earliest example of a system corresponding to some of the modern notions of democratic rule. And this comes from the Jewish Encyclopedia. So why have we taken the time to share with you these things that happened historically? Because they are going to be repeated in the end of days, and you need to understand this to understand the details of the events of the end of days because the controversy of zion and the creation of a second state of israel a physical state of zion will come about from a rebellion of greco-roman culture western values in the acceptance of the Israeli government of these Western values, there will be a rebellion against that and those who will stand up for the covenant that was made with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob and for the Torah, the people who stand up the Bible calls Zion. So let's look at the Israeli government and how they have accepted this quote-unquote Greek Hellenism or the values of our Western culture personified by the United States of America. In Israel, they're influenced by Western culture, Western dress, Western values, Western philosophies, and Western movies that come from Hollywood. The government of Israel is a democracy. This comes from Greco-Roman society, and the government of Israel doesn't seek to follow torah they follow secular humanism and the nation of israel is seeking to merge with the nations of the world be a part of the nations of the world and be accepted by the nations of the world and this is personified through the New World Order system under the auspices of the United Nations. Antiochus IV waged war against the Jews, as we can see in Daniel chapter 8 and verse 25. And through his policy also he shall cause craft to prosper in his hand, and he shall magnify himself in his heart, and by peace shall destroy many. He shall also stand up against the prince of princes, but he shall be broken without hand." So Antiochus IV deceived through peace. That's a prophecy that the deception that comes upon Israel in the end of days will be through peace. And so Israel is being pressured to accept a PLO state in the name of peace and appeasement of the nations. First Maccabees chapter one, verses twenty-nine through thirty-one. And after two years fully expired, the king sent his chief collector of tribute under the cities of Judea, who came unto Jerusalem with a great multitude. And he spake peaceable words unto them, but all was deceit. For when they had given him credence, he fell suddenly upon the city and smote it very sore and destroyed much people of Israel. And when he had taken the spoils of the city, he set it on fire and pulled down the houses and walls thereof on every side." And so let's see how the nation of Israel is submitting themselves to the United Nations. And we're going to look and see how the peace agreement that Israel is making with her Arab neighbors is based upon UN resolutions. The peace process and the peace treaties, which the United States is promoting and advancing in the Middle East between Israel and the PLO, Israel and her Arab neighbors, is based upon UN resolutions. Let's look at the background of the birth of the modern day state of Israel and see and understand their present situation. The first Zionist Congress was in Basel, Switzerland. In 1897, Theodore Herzl called the first Zionist Congress at Basel, Switzerland. It opened on August the 29th, 1897 and was attended by some 204 participants from 17 countries. At this time, the World Zionist Organization was established and Herzl became its first president. Here he officially launched the Zionist movement with a specific statement of purpose. The object of Zionism is to establish for the Jewish people a publicly and legally assured home in Palestine. Haim Weissmann took up the baton from Theodore Herzl through what he helped achieve to bring victory to the Allies in World War I. After Herzl's death, the new leader of Zionism became Heim Weissman. Because of World War I, Britain had a need that Weissmann was able to meet. When the Allies' supply of acetone to produce munitions began to run out, which was previously imported from Germany, the British staff called on Weissman to find some substitute. Following a two-year project, his team developed a superior synthetic that made a considerable contribution to the Allied war effort. The result was what was known as the Balfour Declaration, November the 2nd, 1917. And the Belfort Declaration reads, Dear Lord Rothschild, I have much pleasure in conveying to you on behalf of His Majesty's government the following declaration of sympathy with Jewish Zionist aspirations, which has been submitted to me and approved by the cabinet. His Majesty's government views with favor the establishment in Palestine of a national home for the Jewish people and will use their best endeavors to facilitate the achievement of this object. It being clearly understood that nothing shall be done which can prejudice the civil and religious rights of existing non-Jewish communities in Palestine or the rights or political status enjoyed by Jews in any other country. I should be grateful if you would bring this declaration to the knowledge of the Zionist Federation. So ultimately, this resulted in what's known as the British Mandate. The British mandate was given international approval by the Council of the League of Nations on June the 28th, 1919. And from the British mandate, there came to be the dividing up of the Middle East into some of the countries that we recognize today. The British created Transjordan in 1922. You see, originally the british mandate of palestine was to be the area that you see as green but because of arab opposition much of what was originally meant for to be a land of palestine was given over to a country that became known as jordan or at that time transjordan however before its final sanction on september the ninth, 1922 The homeland projected for the Jews had been reduced to exclude Transjordan when Great Britain created the state of Transjordan under the kingship of Abdullah ibn Hussein. In order to satisfy the Arabs, land was given for peace. And ultimately, through the struggles that was a part of World War II, following World War II, there came to be what is known as the United Nations Partition Plan of 1947, or the plan that the United Nations had for the land of Palestine or Israel the General Assembly of the United Nations voted on November the 29th 1947 to support partitioning of the land of Palestine or Israel the vote was 33 to 13 mainly the Western bloc against the Muslim and Asian blocs 11 nations abstained, including Britain it was to be implemented at the termination of the British mandate or the British control of the area which was May the 14th 1948 however The Arabs said, why do we need to share this land with the Jews? It should all be ours. So the Arabs rejected the partitioning of the area into a Jewish state, an Arab state with Jerusalem as an international city, and with the end of the British mandate, went to war with Israel, wherein Israel declared itself a nation on May the 14th, 1948. So UN Resolution 181 decreed that Jerusalem would be an international city. The partition plan vote became UN Resolution 181. In Part 3, Section A of UN Resolution 181, the city of Jerusalem was established as a corpus separatum under a special international regime and shall be administered by the United Nations. Thus, the plan of the United Nations was for Jerusalem to become an international city. And ultimately, in 1949, we have what is known as the Armistice Map of Israel. The 1949 Armistice Agreement are a set of agreements signed between Israel and its neighbors, Egypt, Jordan, Lebanon, and Syria. On February the 24th, 1949, Egypt was given the Gaza Strip, is what you see in yellow. On April the 3rd, 1949, Jordan maintained the West Bank, known as the Green Line, in East Jerusalem which you see in green. Now the irony of ironies is the peace that is being negotiated which the quartet, that is the United States, the United Nations, Europe and Russia, wants to ultimately see is this 1949 map. And that being the case, the Arabs rejected this solution at that time and now it's being said that they will accept it and it's being proclaimed as the great peace plan and what's really happening is the western elite and the united states government is trying to ensure that any peace agreements that are made in the middle east is done under the authority of the resolutions that were passed by the united nations Israel obtained the Sinai and the Gaza Strip from Egypt. And this was in 1967 with the Six-Day War. In two days, the Egyptian army in the Sinai was virtually wiped out, leaving Israel to have the Gaza Strip. And also through this war, Israel then captured the Golan Heights from Syria and Israel obtained the West Bank and Jerusalem from Jordan. And it's from these events that the controversy surrounded regarding the Arabs wanting to get this land back. So ultimately in 1979 there was a peace agreement made with Egypt where and they got the Sinai back and rather than the West Bank going back to Jordan who originally had it, it's now being proposed as a Palestinian state. And so the lands that was occupied or won by Israel from the Six-Day War of 1967 has become a source of contention even to this day and is a part of biblical prophecy in fulfilling the controversy of Zion, which will reach its climax in a period of time known as the Tribulation Period. Following the Six-Day War of 1967, where Israel gained control of these territories that was previously under Arab governments, there was the passing of UN Security Council Resolution 242. And so UN Resolution 242 is a peace and security agreement. Remember, we're told that the Antichrist in the end of days is going to cry peace and security. It's been being cried. It's UN Resolution 242 and 338. UN Resolution 242 says the Security Council expressing its continuing concern with the grave situation in the Middle East, emphasizing the inadmissibility of the acquisition of territory by war and the need to work for a just and lasting peace in which every state in the area can live in security emphasizing further that all member states in their acceptance of the Charter of the United Nations have undertaken a commitment to act in accordance with Article 2 of the Charter, affirms that the fulfillment of Charter principles requires the establishment of a just and lasting peace in the Middle East and should include the application of the following principles. Withdrawal of Israeli armed forces from territories occupied in the recent conflict and the right to live in peace with secure and recognized borders. The peace process is being negotiated as a peace and security agreement. Following the 1973 Yom Kippur was the passing of UN Resolution 338. And 338 affirmed UN Resolution 242 because it calls upon all parties concerned to start immediately after the ceasefire, the implementation of Security Council 242 in all of its parts. Ultimately, there was a peace treaty that was made between Israel and Egypt, March the 26th, 1979. And what I'm going to be showing you in these documents is the peace agreements that Israel has negotiated and is negotiating with her Arab neighbors is all based upon UN resolutions 242 and 338, peace and security. And so therefore, when they agree to peace with her Arab neighbors, when Israel agrees to a PLO state. Well, that's going to conclude part six of the series on the subject Hebraic Bible Prophecy. Shalom in Yeshua the Messiah. Amen.